Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, and uh, I am excited to say he's back. Mr. Todd Baldwin, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It has been way too long, and I am so sorry that I missed the freaking event in California, one rental at a time. I was really looking forward to going to that, and I uh, just couldn't make it happen, but I am back. I'm glad to be back on the show. Uh, well, I'm going to ask for a solid commitment. Uh, we're probably going to do the next one rental at a time event in Las Vegas when my channel hits 50,000. Given my rate, I'm going to guess that's like August to September. Let's assume the events in November. Do you think we can get you and the wife out in Vegas with your uh, with your son? Like November of 2023? Yes, November of let's, 2023. Let's do, hey, it's it's recorded right now. Let's try to make it happen. Yes, Todd is there. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to write that down right now. Uh, but what I want to talk about today, because I know I've only got you for 30 minutes, we're going to do one video, so a little bit longer for folks, is uh, I think there's a lot of people uh, in my world, YouTube world, painting a vision of fear, economic collapse, Great Depression, pain. And while I do think um, 2023 is going to be a pretty rough year, I also know they're prepared, the folks with the right mindset. It is going to be tremendous opportunity where there is great pain there is great opportunity uh, i've already got a deal out of the mls i've got two deals i'm working on now out of the mls dude it's been three years since i've done that so i am just ecstatic but you are balling out in ways that i can only watch from afar a are you scared for next year and then b what are you doing if anything different i'm certainly not scared for next year um you know Millionaires are made in recessions, and um, people that understand that will be able to seize the opportunity. And uh, I think it was Warren Buffett who said, be fearful when everyone is greedy, and be greedy when everyone is fearful. Everyone's pretty fearful right about now. And so yeah. the time you know, is now to go buy real estate and stocks and wh whatever it is you do, because they're on discount. Um, you know, I know interest rates are high, um, but there's creative financing that you can think about. You can always refinance into a more attractive rate when rates eventually go down. And um, or if you are able to, you can pay cash if it makes sense. I just paid cash for a piece of land. Um, so, no, I'm I'm a, I'm well poised for a recession. Um, I've got, you know, my safety nets in place, but I'm also excited for the opportunity that it will bring. Yeah, I think there's a. That's the mindset and, and really what I was hoping to communicate today, right? It is easy to be excited when everybody is winning. And let's be mm -hmm. very clear. The last two years, it's it was pretty easy to make money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people balled out. A lot of people were suddenly gurus and flexing on social media. Uh, a lot of those folks are going to go boom or go bust. 
because they didn't really have good businesses. They got lucky with timing. Um, but there are operators who've been through a cycle before. And uh, I actually want to give Patrick Bet David quote uh, credit for this. He talked about this on Think Media, I believe, that it is time to write disrespectful offers. So when I say that phrase, when I say disrespectful offers, how does that hit you? How does that feel? What do you think? Yeah, you mean like offering something well below listing price? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he's basically, I mean, he gave an example of his Ferrari, right? Some $900,000 Ferrari, and he's getting lower and lower offers. He's talking about buying an office building. He, I think in the story, he said, hey, if you're looking for a $3 million house, don't shop for a 3.2. Go shop for a 4.5 and then offer them $3 bucks. Mm-hmm. right? So he's saying basically go buy assets on sale. And, and, and in my world, he's looking for the motivated seller. Go write lots of offers, lots of, again, his word, not mine, disrespectful offers, and go find that motivated seller. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful strategy. You don't, you don't do it on first day listings and you know, stuff like that. You got to be a little strategic. But that's the attitude I want people to have is it's time to find the people that need to sell and go make a deal. Yeah. The, the motivated seller is how I was able to make, I had a deal earlier this year. I made a hundred grand in one week or like 40, like a 40 hour week. And, um, it was a wholesale deal. And I, I found someone who wanted to sell his house. It was probably worth 1.2 million. He didn't want to mess around with the MLS and people coming in and up. And he's like, I just want 900, just give me 900. So I got the contract for 900. I sold the contract to an investor for a million. I pocketed a hundred grand. It took me one week to put the deal together and the investor fixed it up and flipped it. And he made a bunch of money on it, but literally I didn't do anything. I was just the middleman and I made a hundred grand in one week. And so, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think that there's definitely opportunity for people that are are ready to seize it. Yeah. And again, I, it doesn't matter what your thing is, right? Todd and I do a lot with real estate, but if it's stocks, is it these other things? A lot of things are on sale at this point. Real estate happens to be that thing I like because you can get unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. You can learn a buy box. You can learn something better than others. You can also force appreciation or create value, right? There was a deal I was working on recently that was a house that included the lot next door, right? Full city lot, done. We are currently negotiating. Once it's done, I'll share all the details. But basically the house as is is worth, call it 200 grand. The lot, if it was by itself, is worth 20 to 30 grand, somewhere in there, just a straight dirt lot. We're looking to negotiate this thing for about 160 grand ish. And at which point I will break up the lot because right now the same owner has them. I'll sell the lot off fast. Then my cost basis, I'll blow it out at 20 grand. Then my cost basis is 140. I go put a little work in and then I sell it, you know, sell it pretty easy for two and a quarter. Mm-hmm. It's, Again, finding that motivated seller. Some people have to sell. And, you know, my favorite statistic, my audience might be tired of this, but I hope they hear what I'm saying. I play in the residential space today because I think pain's coming to commercial next year. 84% of buyers have left. 84% of home buyers, which again, they are my largest competitor. They now believe it's a bad time. Rates are too high, this, that, the other. So I'm only competing with 16% of people. I am ecstatic with the opportunities that are in front of me. So uh, I'm just, I'm really excited for what's coming. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I don't know if I told you about the land that I bought. I actually, that it was probably after my son was born. So I was so wrapped up in that. Um, 
I had talked about it before I bought it, where I found this two and a half acre piece of land overlooking the Puget Sound, which in oh, Seattle, that. yeah. am, that's what feeds yep. into the ocean. And it's got to be the mountains and this and that. And I ended up buying it. And it was one of those things where there just there wasn't a ton of buyers that would acquire this land because it was such a big it's a big undertaking. You got to build like a big estate to sort of justify how awesome it is. Um, but it happened to be what I'm doing. So I was able to get it for what I think is a pretty good deal. And um, my wife and I now are in the process of building our dream house. And it will be ridiculous with a basketball court and an infinity pool and a home bowling alley. Like it's going to be stupid. <laughs> right. And um, so that's, that's not, you know, most so, people so are. Go ahead. Let me, let me, I, this is what I remember, but I think this is the lot. So again, this is a big lot in Puget Sound. Great views. Some builders had locked it up before, hoping to do lot splits and all of that. It didn't work out, so they always canceled. You found the seller. They've been trying to sell it for a long time. Um, I don't remember the numbers, but it was seven figures, as I recall. And you were you were more interested sub seven figures. Is, do I remember the lot correctly? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we must've talked about this before. Cause that's, that's right. Exactly. Oh. Um, at one point they basically had it listed for like a little over a million. Um, and I was able to pick it up for 735. Woo! So, um, nice. and again, it's just a piece of dirt. So some people might think I way overpaid for it, but, um, in Seattle where I am getting a lot that's two and a half acres, is like unheard of. Like I know that right. in the Midwest, people have houses on like 40 acres of land, right? That's not what it's like over here. Um, so two and a half acres, the fact that it is overlooking the water and right. um, the mountains and it's all West facing. So I see the sunset over the mountains and the water every night, or I will once I live there, right? So it's it's just amazing. And so I was very happy to pick that up. And uh, yeah, I'll be building a, a dream house for me and my wife and our son and whatever other children we have. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. And again, what, what I love about talking to you is, is just the mindset that you operate with, right? There are some people that, um, you know, operate with scarcity and, and you operate with, Hey, just, just give, right. You're sharing really what's going on in your world and all of that. So I, I'm curious, right. The last two years have been really good for you, mm -hmm. but they've been really good for lots of people. Mm -hmm. When you look at the next two years, what might you do different, if anything? What are you excited about? What would you not do in the next two years that maybe you did the last two years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, an article came out about me about how I won't pay over 6% in interest. And people were like, they lost their mind about that. Um, that's just something that's like a personal preference. I just, I'm not interested in a deal that's 6% interest. Um, I so know when you say I interest, you mean cost of capital? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Interest rate for like a, getting a, a loan from a bank. Okay. All so, right. um, you know, I'm, I'm poised to buy deals with cash. When I use cash, I can get a discount. Um, I'm very, very picky on all of my deals. So I don't actually think there's anything that I will do differently because I've, I have a very specific criteria. I don't buy just for the sake of buying. Um, so perhaps I haven't grown as fast as some might have in the last couple of years, but I've also never lost money on a deal. Not once. Um, I've literally never lost money on any deal ever. So I'm sort of like the, the tortoise wins the race kind of mindset where like, 
you know, I am not as quick as some other people, but I'm very steady and consistent. And I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing because it works. Yeah. Well, again, I think, I think that what over a long duration, that will prove to be the winning strategy. It probably doesn't look good the last two years, right? Because there's mm-hmm. people lapping you that have over leveraged and bad assumptions and, you know, but they're going to blow up and they won't even finish the race, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do in the first lap of a mile. It matters that you finish the race. And some of these guys are going to pull a hammy or, you know, die or whatever while they're running because they 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 just won't finish the race. Um, so that, that's interesting. Um, the other thing I'm curious about is obviously this thing that you are building, you won't be house hacking, or at least I can't imagine you'll be house hacking. So not house hacking in the traditional sense, but we are going to be, be building a couple of structures oh, okay. that we'll probably have on Airbnb, like mm-hmm. tiny houses and stuff. Oh, I might have to come out, check out this. I may have to uh, book one of those someday. Just come Absolutely. check it out. <laughs> we'll give you a, we'll give you a discount. No, it's okay. I'll pull. You don't you don't ask your friends for discount. You pay full boat. That's okay. I oh, I, I think right. I can afford it. I can afford it. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. So, uh, I guess the other thing I, I wanted to talk to you about is, um, how how would you help somebody get like? A lot of people have not experienced a a, a nasty recession. You know what what would you tell them? You know. A lot of our peers, right, who have jobs, sales jobs, some of them are going to get laid off. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we talk to that person. Maybe we talk to somebody who it's, you know, February, whatever, and they just got their pink slip. You know, they got, you know, 90 days severance, health health care for six months. What do you tell somebody who gets a layoff notice? You know, like, let's assume it's in high tech because I think I think it's going to be very white collar led. What What would you tell a buddy? I would say that the reason he's vulnerable is because he is dependent on this job and he has one source of income, so he's not protected. And that doesn't mean that real estate is the end all be all. It means that you need to diversify your income. And if you work for someone, you're at the mercy of of that company. You're at the mercy of your employer and they can fire you anytime. Um, I live in a state that uh, is, it's called at will. Meaning yeah, you can me be too. fired without cause anytime for any reason. So, Agreed. you know, I just, I don't want a job. <laughs> like I know a lot of people give us crap, right? They're like, you know, oh, landlord should get a real job. Why the hell would I want a real job? I'm <laughs> 50 hours a week working for somebody else, making them rich, paying 40% of my wages and taxes. I'd much rather own assets with a depreciation schedule where I pay much less in taxes and I don't work 50 hours a week. That's goofy. Like, like having a job doesn't even make sense. So I would say that um, they need to sort of unplug from the matrix, so to speak, and relearn what they've been taught. They've been taught, you know, go to school, take on 80 grand of student loans to get some job that you're going to work at for 50 years of your life. And then you can retire at 65 and die at 73. And I'm like, nah, like, no, not for me, baby. No way. That that's that's ridiculous. There are that's there just are dumb. There, it's dumb. There are people out there that make hundreds of millions of dollars that pay no taxes and don't work 40 or 50 hours a week. So it's like both are ridiculous, but which which ridiculous, which end of the ridiculousness spectrum would you rather be on? So I'm trying to scoot to the one where the people haven't made. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I actually, you know, I would I would I want to second that message. 
and that message holds even if you're you know one of the folks that didn't get laid off right my my career i was that director um and then a vp at a different time where i had to look at an excel spreadsheet and cut cut deep and it's it's not fun and let's just be clear it hurts everyone mm -hmm. um and you're right i i think being dependent on a job is like the only source is dumb so what i would tell folks is it's 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 time right if you're going to work for 40 years you're probably going to experience three recessions maybe four and recessions are never fun they are always nerve-wracking so if you could look if you could just you know if you're 25 and you could go holy shit i'm gonna have four recessions by the time i'm 65 i suggest buying assets that produce cash flow positive cash flow that you know are indexed for inflation and get a couple, right? I talk about getting to four. You get four single family homes or duplexes or whatever, your life is different. Dion talks about, hey, once I got my fourth deal, he didn't have to work anymore. He chose to work, but he didn't have to. It, mm -hmm. you know, even if it doesn't cover your income, it it's a bank, right? If you get into a spot where you get laid off in 12 years, you could sell one, right? And and get in and, and have this thing. So I think you're right. I think people need to realize the recessions happen. You're probably gonna have four of them in your life. So start buying assets. Absolutely. Um, it's when you when you don't invest, you're playing the game of monopoly without buying any property. You're yeah, you're, you're going around, you're collecting 200 bucks. That's all you're doing. You're paying costs. Yep. And yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And what you do is the by the way, um, if you've ever played online monopoly, which I've done because I'm a nerd, um, when you pass go on the computer you know what it's called when you're playing online monopoly it's called your salary oh it so is i didn't know dollars yeah when you pass go on the computer online monopoly it says collect your salary of 200 dollars. most oh. people go through life paying the expenses and moving the things around and collecting a salary and they're not buying any assets but what happens in the game of monopoly if you don't buy any assets you lose yeah. not only do you lose you have no chance of winning yeah, that's um, the key. There's no chance of winning. Yeah, no chance of winning. The only way to win the game of Monopoly is you buy assets. Now, Monopoly is to the extreme because one person ends up with all the money and the rest of people end up with zero. That's not actually how it works in real life. Yeah. Um, it's not that crazy. But if you don't buy any assets, you're not going to win the game. Um, if we talk about the, you know, money being a game, it, it's right. it's uh what I learned is um, you know, and people can debate me on this, but I grew up poor and then I started learning about money. What I learned is the game actually is rigged. So it behooves you to learn all the rules and understand it because once you know all the rules, then you can use it to your benefit. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying that that's the way it is. So it behooves you to be educated on how this stuff works. I pay less in taxes making over a million dollars a year as a real estate investor than I did as a salesman making a hundred grand. Swear to God, I pay less in taxes and I'm yeah, not doing it's, illegal. It's all above no. board, right? That's yeah. the way the tax code is written. Yeah. So let's, let's push on that a little bit. Talk about the game of money being rigged. Obviously one is for taxes. You talked about depreciation, all of that being a clear, I think it would blow people. Well, again, Warren Buffett talks about it all the time, right? He Warren Buffett pays a lower tax rate than his secretary, I believe is the quote. So uh, what, what else is the game of money is rigged? I just think that, you know, the tax code, American business law, um, it it was created 
for the rich and by the rich. Um, and and by the way, if you have a job, your your job is somebody else's passive income. Agreed. So when I I was a I was just, I was a very good salesman. I had a I had a deal where I was 24 or 25. I made 40,000 bucks in a single day. Now for a 24, 25 year old, that's amazing, right? right? But how did that happen? Well, it's because I brought in a hundred thousand to my company. So they kept 60 and they gave me 40. Now I was still very grateful. I understand that if you work at if I could work at McDonald's, I wouldn't get 40% of the register. Like I, I know that, right? So I had a really good job, but still my labor. And my time and energy went out and made somebody else 60 grand while they were off on a yacht in the Bahamas banging lingerie models, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so when I when I learned that like my job is somebody else's passive income, and I'm probably paying more of a as a percentage in taxes. Absolutely. Um, you know, that uh that is what made me realize, okay, this is this is what you gotta do. You've gotta learn the game. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I want people to hear, the cheat code to wealth is obviously house hacking, in my opinion. Getting on the property ladder, owning a house, 3.5% down, 5% down, having living for free, taking your biggest expense to zero. And oh, by the way, getting all of the appreciation when you own only 3.5% is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. There are just things that people understand that I wish it was taught in school. I think how I, again, believe, you know, Dion and you talk about house hacking being the cheat code to wealth. It just is, right? Take your biggest expense, make it zero. Get on you you want to understand how to get wealthy, own assets. Go borrow three and a half percent down, five percent conventional, house hack with roommates to, to make it zero, and just go. Stop, stop complaining. Go, go, go. Yeah, you know, a lot of people turn their nose up at living in a like living in one unit of a fourplex and renting out the other three, or living in a single family home and having roommates. And that's I mean that's the way I started. It made me millions of dollars. It cut my expenses down to zero. It made it so I had not only was I not paying any rent or mortgage, I was actually getting paid to live in my own house. And when you start doing that, you have some breathing room. Um, I forget who said it, but somebody has the quote that says, if you spend all your time working, you have no time left to go make money. <laughs> and what happens is when you're living for free, you can step back a bit and you can, you don't have to work 50 or 60 hours a week at some job. You can like, you can learn and you can understand how money works and you can go out and execute. And, um, and yeah, I, I personally, in my opinion, house hacking is the single greatest financial decision a person can make because it's sort of a no brainer. Like, I I don't want to say there's 100% no risk, but like, you have to live somewhere. So you might as well live for free. Like what's, what's going on, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing to kind of round out the discussion that I, I really look up to you for and admire you for is once, once you did the house hacking thing, you live for free, we're paid to there. You didn't stop. You actually looked for other creative ways to produce income. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you went out to dinner and movies with your wife, you know, date nights and we're paid to do it. I, I just think that is such a hack. So just talk about the other things you've done because people, you know, need to realize, stop being scared, go get creative. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a concept called secret shopping where basically there are companies that want to know how their business and employees are doing. So they hire a secret shopping company to find folks just like us to go pose as normal customers, buy whatever product and service. And then when we fill out the reports, we get reimbursed for all of that. So, um, Secret shopping is awesome because it's a way to get your food and entertainment for free. Actually, one thing that I just signed up for 
is um, anyone with kids know this, you can take your kid to the mall and get photos with Santa, right? And they're actually not cheap. <laughs> like you got to pay yeah. for photos and everything. I found a secret shop that will reimburse me for all of the Santa photos and pay me like 50 bucks for my time. Now the survey is probably going to take me 12 minutes, right? So now for me, like $50 in 12 minutes actually isn't the greatest use of my time. Like I can be doing other things, but the sure. fact that we're probably, we wanted to get Santa photos anyway. And you were going to do it anyways, right? Yeah. Exactly. So we might as well get it for free and, yeah. and get paid to do it. Yeah. It's pretty. So again, these, you know, side hustles, there's lots of things to do folks. Uh, I don't know about you, but I bring Todd Baldwin on the show because I want to be just energized and excited. I want to see what's coming. He's always, the game of money is something he plays every day. Uh, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Oh, yeah. Um, the best way to get in touch if you guys have questions is Instagram, and it's just um, at Todd J. Baldwin. Awesome. And uh, you do have a page for your son, right? Yes. I started a YouTube page um, documenting my fatherhood journey. It's um, I think it's called Legend Daddy. Um, although full disclosure, as I, as I continue to sort of get, I guess, noticed online, like with articles and stuff, I, I don't know that I want to have my son like out there. So I might take it down. Like, I just, okay. I don't want to make the decision for him. If he's like known in the public eye, um, yeah. I made that choice for myself, but I might take it down to protect him from that. And he can choose to do it later on life if he wants to. Yeah. Just make it private. Just make it for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There you go. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate your time today. You have an amazing day. All right. Awesome. Thanks. You too.